Dancers have a lot to balance. From their pirouettes to their jumps, a dancer's performance is a direct result of hard work and motivation. So where does food fit into this? There's a lot of myths and a ton of antiquated ideals about what a dancer's diet should look like. And I'm here to dispel those. I'm Rachel Fine, registered dietitian nutritionist and founder of To The Point Nutrition. I'm the dance nutritionist and I'm here to tell you that to be a successful dancer, you don't have to diet. Instead, I'll teach you how to use food as your best tool to enhance your performance. A nourishing meal plan not only fuels your dancing, but also enhances your strength, improves your balance, supports your flexibility, and most importantly, reduces your risk to injury. Hi everyone, I'm Destiny. I um, started dancing when I was three and I, I lived in Georgia, so I was doing competition dance um, for a while. And then I started, um, I moved to LA when I was nine and I started dancing at the Devion Dance Academy. From there, I started um, training at the Colburn School and now I am dancing at PMB Pacific Northwest Ballet in their professional division. Yeah. Nice. So Destiny, tell us about some of the biggest shifts that has occurred for you in regards to dance since you're moving to the West Coast at a very young age, by the way, nine years old. That's a pretty big shift at such a young age. So I'd love to hear a little bit about that and maybe any challenges that presented itself. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think the biggest challenge for me um, just was honestly deciding to focus on ballet because I hadn't really before, like I took ballet class, um, but it's so different when you are like, okay, I'm going to be like a ballerina. Like I'm going to be a ballet dancer. That's a whole different type of um, mindset and like just classes that amount of classes you have to take and specifically for ballet. So I did a lot. I was doing like tap jazz and hip hop and all that stuff. And I think, um, that was probably the hardest shift because ballet was never really my strong suit. I never mm -hmm. I felt like it was. And I think that's what made it so interesting for me because I was like, you know, why can't I do this? Well, <laughs> you know, I'm like, what, why is this step so hard for me? And I think that's a, another reason why I love um, ballet as well, because you're always growing um, and you're always learning something new. So, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know what, you bring up such a good point, and it really dives into the depth of things pretty early on in our chat, but I don't want to forget it. This idea that you're always growing. A lot of dancers, especially in the ballet world, are perfectionists. I know I struggled with this myself, and I think there's a certain degree of perfectionism that can help to motivate dancers, but there's also a major degree of it that can very, be very limiting on dancers. And I think hearing from you the idea that you are always growing as a dancer, even with ballet, even though it's so structured and there's a certain, uh, you know, technical form that we want to achieve and and there's just it's, it's almost like definitive but not really right we're still always learning choreographies can always take different shapes um, and I think that's so important to realize because this idea of perfecting the art is pretty impossible right <laughs> <laughs> so 
a lot of dancers face a ton of challenges in their pre-professional training is what I'm focusing on now. Any specific challenges that you face that maybe you want to chat about and maybe some ways that you were able to overcome those challenges? Um, I think I struggled a lot with it, especially not so much now. I mean, it's still there a little bit, but comparison. Um, mm. for that was really hard. Um, just especially because, um, and not just in ballet and every style of dance, but because the ballet world is so small, <laughs> so tiny, um, you see the same people at different types of auditions everywhere you go. Um, it's hard uh, to not compare or even if with the, within the age group that you're in, like comparing yourself to people who might be older than you, because in the audition room, like that doesn't matter, honestly, like, you know, the age, you, you don't know their age. So you're kind of like mm -hmm. comparing like oh this person's really good like how can mm -hmm. so I think that's a big thing and I still struggle with it a little bit um it's it's getting better once I've uh, I've been really focusing on my self-confidence lately um so I think really focusing on that helped me a lot just thinking about what I have to bring to the table and honestly thinking about my differences like not mm. not comparing myself to people but being like you know what I dance differently from you and that's okay because you bring something to the table and I bring something different. And um, so just trying to kind of spin it into a more like positive um, outlook. <laughs> yeah, that's such a great perspective shift to actually just own up to the fact that there are differences that we are, that we all can have differences. And it's, you know, what's so difficult about ballet, especially if we're dealing with something like a, a corps de ballet, right? To a certain extent, you're, the art is looking for certain elements that would be, you know, dancing together, being within the music together. But in order to, and I talk about this a lot, in order to really transcend an audience, I feel that we need a certain level of depth. And the only way you're going to get that is through individuality and diversity and bringing what you personally have in experience to the stage. And everyone's personal experience is different. But a lot of dancers can really hyper-focus on the art, right? And become very self-centered in regards to like their lives only being about ballet. How do you find balance as a ballerina elsewhere in your life? Mm -hmm. Well, I just honestly, I lean on my family, like for support. Um, mm -hmm. It's times because we are dancers, right? Um, and it's what we do with most of our day. But we're still human. And, you know, we we have to find I mean, a dancer's career is um, pretty short. So we have to find uh, like outside um, sources of happiness. I think for me, that's mainly just um, spending time with my family. I'm not with them much at all. So when I get the chance to be I really want to because I feel like I miss so much and mm -hmm. I feel like that they've missed so much of my life so just being with them really helped me um also I I really <laughs> it's kind of off topic but I really want a pet I really want a dog oh sure that happens mom if you're listening <laughs> mm -hmm. um but for me, because I feel like pets bring such a, um, like, joy and just happiness and just something, you know, go on a walk with your dog or whatever. But um, anyways, yeah, I just think family for me has been really nice. And then also being with my friends, too, and just kind of not talking about dance all the time or not stressing out, like, we're doing Nutcracker. Um, and that's all that's on our minds. But, like, 
we try to just, you know, put support each other, motivate each other, push each other to get through it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the one thing I love about when you're mentioning having a dog, <laughs> truth be told, wearing that hat as like a dog mom is adds a whole new element to who you are as a person, right? Like being <laughs> a mom, whether it's for me, I have two kids that has added so much new experience into my life where it's like, I, it's literally impossible to hyper-focus on whether that be body image, whether that be food, whether that be ballet, the same thing goes for if you have a pet, you know, bringing in that, those, those new hats, those new, um, I guess roles in our life play such a huge role <laughs> in right. what we're bringing to the table. So my next question for you is more related to food. Was there ever a time in your training, whether it's like pre-professional training or professional, where you started to put pieces together and say like, hmm, the foods that I'm putting into my body are having some bit of an effect on my performance? Um, definitely. I think um, for sure when I moved um, to LA um, mm -hmm. and started my like kind of professional training um I didn't I'm, I'm from the south so we yeah. eat we eat <laughs> and for me I eat what will fuel me you know I eat what yeah. and um whether that's a salad that day like before a rehearsal or an acai or you know some some meat <laughs> whatever it may be um, but I think for me, it was probably when I moved to LA and I just started realizing that there were other options for me. I think that was the biggest thing. I maybe when I was younger, I didn't see all those options um, and the different yeah. things I can do my body and how that would be affecting me until I um, had that opportunity to see kind of outside my box. Yeah, that's so interesting. I definitely can relate to that on a personal note. I remember when I first moved to New York City and I was kind of introduced to all of these different foods that I wasn't, not necessarily not familiar with, but didn't realize they were so, I guess, in or like what you were saying with diet culture would deem as being healthy. And I remember like just being very overwhelmed in this new city, having all of these new options at my fingertips. Uh, and I get that, just that kind of being the introduction to food and the different options and especially you're at a younger age it had to have been a little bit overwhelming in regards to like how do I fuel my body but one thing that you said that I absolutely love is that you have a very intuitive approach in regard to how you're feeling and then basing that off of how your performance in of itself it's like if you're feeling like you're having like a crunchy refreshing salad versus having maybe a, a denser option at one point it sounds like you have a more of an intuitive approach around that yes yes mm -hmm. i agree i think it's really about how because everybody's different like i said it kind of goes back to the comparison thing like you can't yeah. um, especially with food everybody like we were saying about dancers and in, in general everyone's different and like same thing, what they put in their body might not be what you want to put into your body. Or if they're vegetarian or vegan or whatever it might be, that might not be the best situation for you. So I think um, that's that's hard, too, trying to block out, oh, well, this person's doing this, so I should do that. You know, uh, I don't know. So I try to block that part out and think about myself. And like you said, go off of how I feel and what I feel mm -hmm. I need. 
Yeah. One thing I talk about a lot is really turning in intrinsically instead of focusing too much on like the external forces around us, which is not easy for dancers, especially when they're pre-professional in those in trainee programs, because you are with the same dancers like 24 seven, right? Basically eating your meals together, dancing together. Um, most often you're also sleeping in the same quarters together. So it's, it's, um, you're around together a lot. It's hard not to compare, but it is also super important to stay focused on your own path and what works for you and your individual body. Um, I want to shift the conversation a little bit. How were things during the quarantine? How were you able to stay motivated? Were you able to stay motivated? How'd that go? Ah, wow. Well, (laughs) I had a I did, you know, I did a, I, I did PMB summer course um, on Zoom, <laughs> um, and that I got a program from there. So that was um, shocking. <laughs> and then I did um, my first year of PD. Uh, we were in the studio a little bit, um, but majority of it was at home. And so I have like a little a small apartment, and I was I had a roommate at the time, and we split the living room, which is not that big, and we both had like two boards of like like wood and had like our separate Marley and we were using two. It was, it was crazy. (laughs) I -hmm. think for me though, what I learned, um, honestly, it made me take a step back and look at other aspects of my life because sometimes I get so focused on dance is this, dance is this. Okay. I need to go and do, and like, I get in this routine of like dance, 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 but there's other parts of my life that I want to, um, you know, that I should be thinking about and that I should, that I feel like maybe I was neglecting a bit more, uh, whether that's like my family or or whatever it may be. Um, And so for me, I think what I learned from it was to not neglect those, those small things. And also like it really honestly, Zoom for me helped me work on my technique because Mm. we like, sometimes I feel like when you're performing, it's more of just like, okay, just get to your mark, get the step and dance you know (laughs) you're on stage you know lights camera like rehearsals um and i think kind of having to be at home and in a small space i had to think about the small things which are the only things i could do you know i couldn't do grand allegro in my living room couldn't you know do all the craziness um so i think i for me like i was really focused during bar like just little things Mm -hmm. fixing little tiny things like that but um yeah, absolutely. I, I love that perspective also, Destiny, um, in the sense of uh, Zoom being actually something that helped you. Uh, just from a general standpoint, it being almost forcing us to have to focus on our technicality and focus on our strength building in in comparison to when you're really in that performance mode and a lot can fall to the waistline when you're so hyper-focused on like a certain set of choreography that you're working on. You know what I mean? You kind of like lose touch with some other technicality aspects. So I think that's super interesting. Um, Desi, my next question I have to ask, how was life on set for This Is Us? (laughs) It was amazing job I ever, because I I would do like background work, um, which is so different from or like, I mean, I didn't have any lines, but like, I was a featured role. Sure. Um, it was, it was crazy. I had like a trailer, like, and I just felt so, <laughs> I felt so cool. I don't know. Everybody was nice, and um, um, I didn't get to meet any of the you know stars of the show because they weren't mm-hmm. in the season. But um, I yeah, I, if having to do those sweaties multiple yes. times. Angles was fun. Um, 
but I, I really enjoyed it. Oh my gosh, I would love to do it again. Cause it was so, I had, it was just a whole different experience. And I think I was so happy because like acting is really fun for me. Obviously dance is what I focus on, but like being able to incorporate like what I do every day, what I love to do into something that is just so like fun and cool and new for me was just really exciting. Yeah. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So cool. Just so cool. Being in a, the trailer alone on set is so cool. <laughs> That's awesome. And I totally agree with you. Um, bringing in this aspect of acting can be very, even if, again, there was no, like, any specific lines per se, being in this new setting can be super challenging for dancers, right, that are, you know, very um, used to not expressing themselves only through movement. And I think being on film just adds a whole new layer of challenges for dancers, which, uh, from what it sounds like, was just such an incredible experience. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So Destiny, the final question I have for you, something I ask all of the dancers on here, I would love to hear how you would define what it means to be the healthy dancer. I, how I would define, define being the healthy dancer um, would be listening to yourself and mm -hmm. doing what you feel is best, not what other people are doing, but listening to your body, what you want, um, especially when it, you know, when it comes to food, um, what you want to eat, what you feel like eating. Um, and yeah, really just listening to yourself, I would say, I think, because I think like we were talking about earlier with comparison, um, it's so hard when people around you are like, oh, well, like, I'm not gonna eat that. Nah, I don't know. It's like, okay, I understand. Like, that's for you, though. You know, you have to figure out what you want for yourself. And I think especially when it comes to like a busy season like this, like Nutcracker, um, you really have to listen to your body because your body gives you signs. That's why our body, our, our body is our instrument, right? So we have to take care of it and, and treat it and treat it well because we can't expect it to do all the crazy things, the unnatural things that we're asking it to do without fueling it properly. Yeah, yeah sure. And uh, one thing in regards to treating it well, maintaining the whole aspect of our well-being, right? Balancing our physical, our mental, and our emotional. And one thing we know is that when we are restricting ourselves, when we are overly comparing ourselves to others, it's definitely going to just take away from our mental and our emotional well-being. Exactly. Yeah, well, Destiny, thank you so much. It's been such an, a pleasure chatting with you tonight. You've given us such wonderful uh, insights. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It was nice meeting you.